It was the best decision I made in my career. And this goes to community involvement. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast brought to you by CCB Technology. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this is the podcast where we believe that nobody drifts into excellence. So join me as I work to figure this leadership thing out on purpose. This episode, I interviewed Carla Crable. She's the regional president for the Southeast for Johnson Financial Group. She gets into the more detail about what that actually entails, but here's what we talked about. I wanted to know from her with her background, her experience, and the expectations that are put on her, what does it look like to balance things? Or even if it is balance, what is it called? What does she do? And not between work and life, but when work as the regional president pulls on her into extracurricular stuff, how does she say no to good things? For example, boards, committees, volunteer stuff. How do you do that and not go crazy? So that's what our conversation is about. There's going to be a ton in here, and even if you're driving your car, make mental note of things that you can come back to and maybe implement into your work or work after work life balance kind of stuff. Um, I, As a side note, I did sit with Carla in their office down in Kenosha, uh, the Strawberry Creek branch. So thank you again, Carla, for letting me come in in between meetings that you had there. It was a pleasure, and uh, you gave value, and, and I really have gleaned a lot here. So my conversation with Carla Crable, regional president for the Southeast at Johnson Financial Group is coming up now. Okay, so Carla, thank you so much for, for making time. Um, I know that we had to do a lot with schedules between you and I, a um, couple months in the, in the working, but I'm glad to be sitting across from you because you have some information and some some experience that I'm excited to glean from. So thank you, first of all, I appreciate it. Um, and as we get into this, there's, there's a couple people, maybe seven or eight, that might not know who you are in the local community. Uh, for those people that are listening in who might not be as familiar with you, uh, could you just do a little bit of a background, maybe fill in some gaps on who you are, what you do, and that kind of thing? Sure. Thanks, Steve. Uh, well, let me start off by uh, talking about who I work for. So I work for Johnson Financial Group, and we're proud to be the largest privately held family-owned financial services company in Wisconsin. We've grown from one bank in a trailer located here in Racine into a financial services business with banking, wealth, investment advisory, and insurance services. We're a $5 billion bank now. The trailer, like an actual physical trailer. An actual physical trailer, yep. Sam Johnson started the bank over 40 years ago, close to 50 years now, in a trailer in uh, Racine on the north side. Wow. Okay. I've seen the pictures, but I didn't know that that was actually the trailer. That was the trailer. That was the start of a great organization. And now we're, like I said, $5 billion plus in assets now. That's fantastic. Great company. And as regional president, I work with a team of approximately 200 employees here in the southeast region covering retail, commercial, insurance, mortgage, wealth, and investment services. We have 14 branches located between Racine and Kenosha. And Racine is our headquarters, so I have the privilege of working with very closely with the leadership team and the support team for our organization. So you have um, a lot on your plate. I do. <laughs> Both with, uh, with people, with expectations, with goals, um, growth. I, I can't imagine, but um, I read... The, a little bit 
and I know we've spent some time together, but I read a little bit of your bio, so I had this right. Um, 30 years of banking? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, I'm going backwards now, though, in years, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would, I would have guessed that you started, ha, 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 when you're four years old, of course. Um, so Six. It was actually six. Six years old. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so within 30 years of banking, um, you've seen a ton of change. I have. And I would, I'm interested to hear... Um, what are some struggles that the banking industry is up against nowadays? Wow. Uh, banking has changed so much, especially in the last decade. Uh, there have been regulatory changes that have made it more difficult for banks to have uh, to afford the support teams they need to support uh, the clients. Technology has changed so much over the years and how services are provided to the clients. The millennials and how they use the banking services, financial services, all of that has changed in the last 10 plus years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I know that uh, CCB has benefited greatly from not just you, but the folks at Johnson Bank, um, Johnson Financial Group in general, because uh, before, as I was walking out actually of the office to come here, Patrick had a folder in his hand that said Johnson Financial Group. So he was meeting with somebody about insurance or something. <laughs> Uh, so we we know what you all are all about. But this next question is, uh, I, I want to, I'm giving you permission, I guess, to brag a little bit about who you work with and who you work for, because I know, but I want other people to know, why is community involvement such a big deal to Johnson Financial Group? That's a great question. Um, let me start by saying this. So I've been in the financial services industry for over 30 years, as you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. I was with another institution for 23 years before I made the decision to move over to Johnson Financial Group. Uh, now I've been here 12 years, and it was the best decision I made in my career. And this goes to community involvement, uh, which is why I share that with you. When I was at that other financial institution, they started cutting back on what they would allow their employees to participate in. They would not let employees use company time to... Uh, provide services to any outside organizations. They stopped providing funding to a lot of local organizations. And that was one of the reasons I took a look at making a change. I'm from this community and very involved in the community, and giving back to the community is important to me. When I was looking at making that change, the only bank I considered going to was Johnson Bank at the time, mm. Johnson Financial Group. And I have to tell you, they were always an organization in this community that supported the communities that they were in. And that was important to me. And like I said, I've been here 12 years now. They continue to support the community yeah. in a lot of different ways. And one of the ways, we're participating in a community service day. We have over 900 associates going out into the community volunteering for half a day mm. on company time. So we're juggling the schedules, part of what I do juggle that schedule in each of those branches to make sure we have coverage, but allowing our employees to find something that they're interested in and volunteer out in the community to help make a difference. That's awesome. So there, there's so much more going on outside of dollars and cents. Yeah. And as the pictures behind you attest, it, it has to do with the top down, where this whole thing started. So is there... Anything you can pull from from uh, history of, of Johnson Financial Group or the folks that from the top down, where that comes from? I think it started with Sam, okay. you know, and just the commitment to the community and starting the bank and the trailer. Mm -hmm. If you look back at the history of the Johnson family or Johnson Financial Group, 
you will see from day one, they've always cared about the community and given back to the community. So whether it's Johnson Financial Group or any of the other family-owned organization, there is involvement from each of them in the community. So it starts at the top and trickles down from there. That's great. I mean, uh, I, I met with, uh, as we said before we started recording, I met with uh, some guys from Riley Construction and spoke with them about culture. And it's very, very similar to what you're saying, that culture starts from the top down. And if leadership doesn't get it, uh, regardless of your title, if leadership doesn't get it, then it's going to be really hard to translate to the people. So obviously you have a good thing going here. Well, and that to me too, Steve, really has to do with as you're, as you're hiring, uh, you know, you, you can't enforce upon people the importance of uh, community involvement or make them do things. They have to have a passion for it on their own and want to do that. So in our process of hiring, making sure we're hiring the right type of people that fit well within our organization that have a passion like that. That's good. That's good. Um, making a little transition, a little okay. bit more into the little, little bit more nitty gritty. Um, I've talked about your schedule. Uh, we've talked about your role. Um, and this question is uh, going to lead into kind of the, the crux of, of, the, of the interview. So how many boards-ish are you currently on? And um, <laughs> are, what are a few of them? Well, I'm currently on eight different boards okay. with a total of 13 committees. So <laughs> okay. if you've ever joined a board before, once you're on the board, you all of a sudden become on, you know, a finance committee or executive committee or different committees to help support the board. So a total of 13 different committees, but eight boards. Uh, and that, you're right, that does keep me busy. Yeah. It keeps me real busy. <laughs> um, some, of the, some of the organizations I'm involved in mm -hmm. right now, I'm currently chair of the board of directors of Kenosha Area Business Alliance. I'm on the uh, UW Parkside Foundation Board, the Building Our Future Board in Kenosha, uh, the Mayor's Advisory Board in Racine, uh, just to name a few. In addition to that, I started a board uh, myself, a group, a committee, focused on Racine youth programs. This group is uh, taking a look at the feasibility of a Boys and Girls Club in the Racine market right now. Yeah, that's great. And I didn't plan on this, but that, uh, Jake McGee. Yeah. So without yep. saying your name, I was <laughs> pressing him a little bit, but he was hinting that he had some friends in uh, the Racine community. And, Jake uh, is a good friend. And, and looking to expand the footprint into more of a regional footprint yeah. versus just in Kenosha. So that's fantastic. Yeah, that's and awesome. that's really, to, that's how it started. Uh, Jake and I were having a conversation one day over lunch, and he mentioned that the Boys and Girls Club was taking a look at the Racine market to see if there was a need in that market and uh, asked if I would help them. And I have the connections in the Racine, know some of the key people in the market that can help make a difference. And was able to put together a group to, to help start that conversation. Well, if you don't do something with the influence that you have, then I don't know that you're leading all that well and, and you are making it happen. You're helping. You're helping him. You're making connections. So that's that's important. So we got eight boards, 13 committees Yes. for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... This leads into the next question that I've been wanting to ask, and I know that I did prep you on this. I won't uh, throw too many curveballs in this interview at you, but I want to know how you say no to people. How do you say no? What is the process for you to say no to a good thing? And here's some of the why behind that question. It's personal um, for me and for Patrick. When I told Patrick that you and I were going to be sitting down, 
uh, I asked him, you know, Carla better than I do. What do you think I should talk to her about? And he said, ask her how she balances or what kind of routine she gets in with all the stuff that she's involved in. Ask her how she says no, because as CEO, he is CEO, as CEO, I wasn't taught how to do that. So I could learn that. So as Patrick's listening to this, he's going to be taking your advice. And for myself, uh, new-ish in the VP role, I want to do everything and I want to hit home runs the first at bat, but that's not usually how it goes. So um, help us all that are listening in, not looking for perfection, but I am looking for some insight. So what is the process that you go through for saying no to a good thing? Let me start by saying it's not easy Okay, good. Uh, because there's a lot of great organizations out there that I'd love to help. So it's not easy. Uh, but the one thing I will say is I will only commit to a group if I know I can be active and add value to the organization. That's important to me. And it's not important to just join a board to say I'm on a certain number of boards. It's important to me how I can contribute to their success. If I don't have the time and resources to help them, unfortunately, I have to take a pass. But before I do that, I look internally within our organization and externally with all my connections out in the community to see if I can make a connection for them to someone that will help fulfill their request. So that's part of the benefit of being in the community as long as I have. When I do say no, I try to offer another solution for them. So you are constantly connecting. I am. Is yeah. that, and, and I don't mean that to put you in a weird spot to boast or anything like that, but yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. That's, that's part of what you do. I mean, in the community, if you, if you have to say no, you help to, maybe I know somebody that's a better fit, which helps the person that you're saying no to and, and um, speaks to the value that you bring when you do sit on a board, I would think. I, I benefit from working in an organization where there are so many people that want to get involved and just don't know how to make that connection. Mm -hmm. And being in the community, working in this community for over 30 years, getting to know as many people as I have, it's become, I don't want to say easy for me to make that connection, but it's become easier over over the years. As I get to know people, their preferences, what they like to do, what they don't like to do, and I store that away in the back of my head and uh, keep them in mind when something does come up. That's good. It's really helpful. Um, this is a, another little bit of a shift, um, but digging into more of the influence. So the name of the podcast is the impact of leadership. So what I like to do a lot of times when I sit down with somebody who is influential, not just by title, but by how they carry themselves, I want to know how, how did you get there? One, but who impacted you to, to form you into who you are? So uh, here's my question. Who are some people that have impacted you or helped to get you to where you are now, whether that's in position or how you view your role in the community? I'd have to start with my husband, Randy, because if you think about all the committees, all the boards I'm on, they're not during the normal banking hours. There's a lot of nights and weekends that I'm pulled away from home to, to be involved in these organizations. And over the years, he has always supported me in whatever I want to get involved in. And I, I would say he leads by example as well. So he's involved in the community. He was involved. He was a teacher for 30 plus years, so very passionate about kids and helping kids in any way he can. Uh, so he would be probably my number one that I would list. Uh, beyond that, I would tell you within our organization, our leadership team, uh, I mentioned earlier, they lead by example. They have really set the tone for kind of what they're involved in and getting involved in the community and how important that is 
for all of us. And so I would go to, uh, whether it's Helen Johnson or Jim Pop, any of them right now are all good examples and people that I want to follow in a leadership style. So this is uh, another super, super light question. Insert sarcasm here. It is not that light, but uh, you can handle it. You have experienced a bunch and you're, you're doing fantastic. How do you define success? Um, take that wherever you want. If there's examples or an actual definition or a working definition or someone that you point to and say that's success, how do you fi- define success? I'm going to give you a really simple answer. Success to me is being happy in whatever you do, whatever that is. Doesn't matter what your education is, doesn't matter what your income is. Find something that you're happy doing and be successful in it. That's success to me. That is beautiful. So I think there's beauty and simplicity um, to take a complicated, potentially daunting question like what is success and to simplify it and to do what makes you happy. Be happy in whatever you're doing. That's a mindset and an attitude that um, some people I think, and I, I get trapped up in wanting more, um, wanting titles or gains or money or recognition or things like that. But where did that come from? Uh, boy, that's a great question. <laughs> that came from the heart. Um, I don't know how else to say that. Uh, I think my team would tell you that they've heard me say many times, life is short, enjoy it. And you spend so much of your life at your job and you need to be happy in what you do. So I think just uh, over the years, doing different things over the years, being involved in different things, working for different organizations, to me, you have to be happy. And that's success. It's that simple. I'm I'm just going to again say thank you um, because as you said, life is short. I, I tell people, I tell my kids. Time is fleeting. And they look at me because my oldest is seven. He's like, I don't know what fleeting is. (laughs) But time is fleeting and you can't get it back. That last part they understand. You can't get time back. So thank you for investing time, not just in me right now, but in our community. You are having a direct impact on the folks that live here. That's including me. I live in Racine, just north of the zoo. Um, What you do in Racine and Kenosha matters. So thank you for that. Thank you for this time now. But as we wrap up... um, is there anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with that maybe I didn't touch on or I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about? Um, I would encourage everyone to find something they're passionate about and help make a difference in the world. It doesn't take much of your time to have an impact. Just find the time and do it. And then let me, let me end with this, Steve. Tell Patrick he needs to practice his golf game. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Patrick Booth, you have been called out. And uh, anybody listening in... Carla is deadly on the golf course. If you think she's gifted in, in this interview and in what she does in the community, she is ultra competitive. And uh, I can attest, Patrick, you're pretty, pretty bad at golf. Carla, thanks again for the time. Uh, you are lovely and it's been great to spend time with you today. Thank you, Steve. Okay, some good stuff there from Carla. It's a short one, but there was some good takeaways. So my takeaway personally is that if you want to make it happen, make it happen. Not everybody's life situation is the same. I mean, I've got four little ones and they all need my attention. They need my wife's attention. So I can't be 
on eight boards and 13 committees, but I can figure out a way to give back if I want it bad enough. I just need to figure it out and figure out where I can fit it in. So the action item ties directly into that, at least from my opinion. If you care about your local community, what are you doing about it? Above and beyond, because there's going to be sacrifice involved in this endeavor of giving back, of serving people, of pouring into your community. Again, it doesn't have to be eight boards and 13 committees. It can be one thing. What are you going to do about it? Take action. Reach out to uh, your your pastor, your friend that volunteers for everything, your local chamber, somebody, and, and give back. Give your time. Pour yourself out and then figure out what it is you like to do and what it is that you don't like to do and do more of the stuff you like. All right, so shutting this thing down. So go back and listen to anything that you haven't heard from the six-part series around Entree Leadership Summit 2019. If you haven't listened to it yet, start from the beginning and go through that. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to engage with us. If you've got a question, story, suggestion, please don't hesitate to email us at impactpodcast at ccbtechnology.com. On behalf of everybody here at CCB, thanks for listening.